been a lot of cringe moments, so many of them. They're those moments. They're the moments where you feel like you're up against something that's really difficult and you don't know if you can do it and you cringe forward and you do it anyway. To move forward in your business and create content that can help you show up and be more visible online to be able to build who you are and show that off to the world and tell your story. Today, I have a special guest with me. It's Katie Campbell, and I actually met her through social media, through TikTok, and she's going to share a little bit about what she's done to use social media to build her business and her personal brand. Thank you for having me, Jen. Of course. You were one of the very first people that started following me whenever I joined TikTok, and I love that you're a mom as well, and you're balancing mm -hmm. that with what you do for work. I'm a musician and I've just released my first album last September. I've since released three plus a few different singles. I have another album coming out, two more singles coming out, several music videos that I've done. I am technically a certified educational assistant. I gave that up before I had my kids. And then I became a certified legal assistant and I've given that up because my passion is is music. I, I want to be on stage. I want to be singing and having a good time with people. And that's my best talent. It's a huge leap of faith though. I'm going to be 40. So I'm like starting late. It's okay. Start again. hundred times. Oh, I really believe, especially with women, there's a point in our life where there's major changes that happen. Maybe it's a milestone birthday. Maybe it's the birth of a child, a change in a relationship status or in your job that it really helps us reflect on who we are what's important yeah. to us. And we say, you know what, we're going to shift this and show up more visibly in our life and in our business. So mm -hmm. it takes a lot of courage to cringe forward and do that. I think it's fantastic. Oh, there's been a lot of cringe moments. So many of them, which is why I was drawn to you on TikTok because I saw you as me a year ago. I was like, oh, that was me. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just kept I just tried what I could, see what stuck. Tell me a little bit more about um, what drew you into social media and how did you start just using it personally? I have always been a huge Facebook person. I think because I have never lived in the same city as my parents and all of my friends are sort of scattered around Canada or around the planet. And the easiest thing, instead of making all these phone calls and emails and whatever, was just to put it on Facebook as almost my personal blog. I went on TikTok and it's taken me a year, but I'm almost at 10,000 followers and I keep going and I keep meeting people like you and other people that want to collaborate on different things. And it's been super fun getting to know all sorts of different people from all over the world. That's right? I mean, most fun. That's the thing I love. You live in Canada and I'm in the United States. Mm -hmm. We're really far away from each other geographically, but social media is a great opportunity to be able to connect and share who you are with the world and that. give them a little flavor of your personality. <laughs> Did you do live video at all or video content before you started using TikTok? No, it was all written. I'm a poet, right? And I, I write my own songs. And so I'm a lyricist and I always love words. I've struggled with my mental health, being an artist, being a mom, living away from my family. So when the pandemic hit, my father died the week the pandemic hit. I went into, the only thing I could describe it is I, I had an early midlife crisis. You know, he was only 64 when he died and I knew he had so much more that he wanted to do. And I really took stock of my own life and I thought, oh, no, I haven't even started yet. And so I chronicled on my personal Facebook page, I chronicled my existential meltdown and, and personal rebuild of myself. And it was from there that, you know, my personal friends really started encouraging me and said, you know what, branch out, do it. If you're going to make your music go live, 
be public about how you feel in my spirituality and how I think about the world and what I perceive and and going through those those dark depressive episodes you know tell your story because it's the blueprint mm-hmm. for someone else going through the same thing tell your story publicly it's a blueprint you could save somebody you know? oh, definitely definitely social media is a great way to be able to connect and express who we are to be able to uplift encourage and inspire other people and that's that's why I'm there and like yes. you know, I started with Facebook and you know I'm a Facebook certified community manager and really entrenched in that I blogged for a while and so words and that tradition the transition to video content I know for me it was really difficult because I couldn't edit the same way I couldn't make my words perfect or have a flow yes. a certain way I couldn't spell um, check even, I just did a video on TikTok about the non-symmetry in my mouth and my face because I have a disjointed jaw and I'm looking at it. it's a huge personal growth point looking at it and not being able to edit it or curate it in such a way that only, you know, the best angles, what have you, it's very raw. It's very vulnerable. There's a lot of self-growth that has to go in there. Just accepting your, your face, your body, your voice, your message. And video camera, you're, you're on video. And I know I've, I've struggled with the same thing that I'm like, oh, it's super awkward. Or my lips are doing this weird thing or I'm blinking. Or my eyelashes over here. You know, I got hair up or something. You're like, oh. But that TikTok yeah. embraces that. And that's yeah. what I love about it. It's that, that they call it raw authenticity. It's that raw yeah. authenticity that you show yeah. up. You are who you are, no matter where you are. And that's part of my personal brand, but it was very difficult for me to be able to branch out and do the video content. Yes. You know? Oh, entirely. And I have people asking me all the time, oh, don't you find doing your music videos fun? Actually, no. The process of, the, of me being filmed is lovely. The process of me editing myself and having to watch, like I sometimes need, I sometimes need a bucket next to me because the nausea that comes up and going, I look like that from behind, from the side, from down below. I look like that. Right. Wow. You really dig really, really deep in order to not falter. You know, there's no reason to falter either. We're our own worst critics. Right. Has there been anything that's really helped you push through that? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Bite-sized pieces. I'm learning that the projects that I undertake are really huge. And I always try and get to the finish line right away. And it's like, no, take a step, take your time, plan it out. And then in the editing process, take even more time. I guess for me, because I'm an indie artist and I'm doing it all alone, I don't have a deadline from any type of label. So it's me pushing myself. And sometimes in this last year's worth of journey, I'm learning. I push myself too hard. I push myself too soon. I push myself when it's not ready. And it's like, you don't need to push. There's no finish line. You know, I'm doing it for myself and really I should enjoy it more. I should right. enjoy it. When you're talking about a mu- music video versus short form video content, when you're creating a YouTube short or a reel for Facebook or Instagram or a TikTok, that takes on a whole new meaning. And I know you've talked about editing. Do you find a difference when you're editing for social media shorts, short form video content versus other things? I don't edit my own music videos. I have a professional editor. And so I sit with her like this and she'll go Mm -hmm. through all the footage, put it together, the story that I wanted. And then we go through sort of frame by frame or section by section, even verse by verse of the song, because I want something 
from the story of the song to come through on video. But it's a very different process than doing it at home. But you're absolutely correct. I, sometimes TikTok frustrates me because it's limited with some of the editing that you can do. And you just kind of got to go with it, what you have. And, and it's the same thing. Why am I spending 45 minutes on a 15 second video? That's so you're like, you don't even know if anyone's going to watch it. And it's like, no, the no, one watch it. social media can be a time suck in more ways than one. You can go down that rabbit hole, but then you can also invest way too much time in I've done it and you've done it. I've invested so much time in editing a video thinking this is hilarious. People are going to love it. And it bombs. And you're like, that was funny. And it took me two hours. I don't get it. And then, so the one that made me go viral and get most of my followers was my gunpowder video. I made a, a video about my son making reactive fuel with like stuff we had around the house, not knowing it was gunpowder because I never took chemistry. My husband is an engineer. So my son knew he needed to wait before he lit it on fire because he needed the appropriate parent. I, I'm not the appropriate parent. <laughs> You're like, no. Oh, yeah. No. So my son waited and then it was this huge TikTok. But I, I did that because it was hilarious. It was a hilarious blonde moment, mom, of me not cluing into the fact that my 11-year-old is making gunpowder at home and wanting to light it on fire and being really responsible. My 11-year-old my was way more responsible than I was. So I put the video out, the gunpowder video, and then we went and watched a family movie. And it was the next morning that I woke up and it had half a million views. And I went, that was flippant. There was nothing... That was just my regular life that I was just living. I had no intentions of that doing anything, going anywhere. And it got me over 5,000 followers and half a million views. And it still, to this day, brings me in followers. I think you bring up a great point about sharing your personal story and who you are and how that, how does that relate to what you're doing with your music? What I found when I was first on TikTok, because I had this weird idea in my mind that I was just going to be the serious musician. I have since realized in my journey that that's not what people want. People want variety. They want authenticity. They want realness, rawness. They want to see how you navigate the challenges in your life, in your parenting, in your relationships, and they want to know. And so I have found a lot of success that way in just talking about my own personal belief systems and how I navigate life because we're in, living in some really tricky times right now. How do your kids feel about you being active on social media? My kids are 11 and just about 13. So my daughter is going into high school next year. And I have thought about this. I'm not actually sure. My son doesn't really care. He's not there yet. But my daughter is going to be entering that realm. She has her own little Instagram that I monitor. I've not allowed them to be on TikTok yet because I, in my personal opinion, I think that you should probably be 15 or 16 before you're using TikTok. There's just a lot of content on there that is not for my daughter, who is only 13. You can't control the algorithm in the same way either with like choosing who you follow when it comes to the For You page as well. I try my best to have a handle on that with social media regarding my kids. It's going to be interesting this year because I'm on, I'm on TikTok and she'll be in high school and <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> right? I, I know that was something that one of my boys has struggled with like, oh my gosh, you're the cringy mom. I don't want my friends to know what you're doing or to follow you. And I live in a small town. Like there's mm -hmm. less than 4,000 year round residents here. Yes. I love social media because you can connect with people all over the world and I can impact millions of people and I'm, I do that. But it's a small town, dude. So they know the cringy mom, Jen Campbell. And I had the same thing with my Boots video. It's a single called Boots and it was very, very sexy. And I wrote it myself. So me becoming a musician was 
being able to try on all these creative hats and live all these different lives that I wouldn't normally live. I wrote all the lyrics to it myself and it's about a career woman who decides she's gotten her paycheck, she's going to get herself a sexy pair of boots and then she's going to go hook up with a rendezvous with a man at a hotel. And I wrote the whole story and then I decided I was going to do a music video about it and I thought people are going to see me in the grocery store. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. And then you go on this weird internal thing where you feel like you have to explain yourself and I'm like I don't need to on really sexy stiletto boots and march myself to a hotel and dance around half naked I will <laughs> right I'm not hurting anybody I'm being creative right there's that pressure though to be able to be have that you know we want that sense of belonging from other people and we want to feel like we fit in well, I don't want to have to go to the PTA meeting and be ostracized you weirdly put yourself in that category where you're just out there for the world to see because you've done something provocative and I'm like I am an ostentatious person by nature. Absolutely. I always want to be the center of attention. I didn't know how to navigate all of that. It was, it was scary. It was personally terrifying. I did not know what I was going to do. What kind of response did you get from people? Not too much. The people that knew that I was nervous about it, loved it immediately. Strangers that maybe, or acquaintances that I know have not said anything to me. So I, right. I'm assuming, I mean, but everybody has said it's fun to dance to. I just had fun. I, that was it. I chalked it up to just wanting to do something fun and I did something right. fun. And I think a lot of times when we show up on social media, we want to be the best version of who we are, but mm -hmm. at the same time, we want to be, at least I want to authentically be the same Jen Campbell, cringy mom, wherever I am. So if you meet me in person, if you meet me virtually, if you see one of my short form video content things, if you read a Facebook post, it's me. Oh, yes. There's, there's nothing hidden. I've put everything no, out there for exactly. sure. Well, do I show you every side of who I am? Or am I a little bit playful? Do I want the church people to be able to know that I read, you know, hundreds of romance novels a year? You know, are they going to look at me? There's not a lot of gray area where it's like, I'm allowed to be a mom and go to the PTA and also rock a sexy dress and go out for dinner with my husband. I'm allowed to do yeah. both of those things at the same time. There's nothing wrong right. with that. I'm just trying to focus on the joy that it brings to me. Revenue would be great, <laughs> but joy, joy, just being a dork, making a dork of yourself on social media. Gen Z, you know, the people that were born 1995 to 2007, the number one thing that they value is authenticity, especially on social media. It's pushing past that, that people are so tired of seeing perfection. You know, the airbrush, yeah. this is the quality of my life that my children are all lined up and I do everything oh, just right no. and everything is tiki boo. And really it's not. That authenticity has really made me examine myself too and examine every time that I redo a video or I second guess myself or what have you. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I have supporters out there. I think it's given me more permission to just do less curating. It's okay yes. that I have a hair out of place. It's okay that I choked on my words. It's okay that it didn't sound quite right. It's okay that I have a mess in the background. It's okay that X, X, Y, and Z didn't show up the way that I wanted it to. The challenge for me is showing up with my imperfections on video content. Because in real life, I'll, I'll let it all hang out. I'm an extrovert like you. I'll talk to random strangers in the grocery store line, you yep. know, I'll get them to like divulge all their secrets when they don't even know my last name or even my first, you know, it's, it's part of who I am. I think the biggest struggle for me is like, I'm a personal brand strategist. I help people tell their personal brand story through social media and through, you know, the color design, font, graphics, everything that they do visually. How do I do that and still come across professionally? 
you know, mm -hmm. because I was really scared for a long time. I was afraid that people would think I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, that sure. They would, they would, they would think that I didn't have the expertise or the receipts to be able to back up what it is that I do until I, I realized those are not my customers. Those are not my mm. perfect people or ideal clients because the people who want to work with Jen Campbell and they love the cringy mom. Yeah. They, they oh, and I've learned that too. I'm watching all of these really young musicians who are in their teens or early twenties. And you know, you get in that headset. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not my target demographic. They can be half naked and shake their bums and do the poppy thing and whatever and get all the, it doesn't matter. That's not my target demographic. I, I'm I'm being me. And the people who who I am for are going to find me. They're going to find me. I don't need to worry about that. I don't have to, you know, crank that out all the time. Mm -hmm. I just need to know that it's it's okay. They'll find me. They'll find me when the time is right. I think so there's a little bit of truth in that too. I think that's a, a great point too. How do you blend your personal life and your story into your music and what you're sharing to be able to make you money. <laughs> I'll let you know when that happens. <laughs> At this point, I'm still building. I'm still building and I'm just having a really good time. I was thrilled to be asked to do this. And I, I'm right now, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to expand that way and just really meet, you know, people individually. And I'm just excited to try all of these different opportunities. I never thought I would be interviewed on a podcast. I was thrilled when you asked me. I was like, oh, she asked me? She asked me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. I was, I was absolutely thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. And I think that's just what it's all about. Not necessarily about the money, although the money would be nice. I like this. I like learning through other people and I like knowing your story and I like watching you grow and helping you grow and communicating that way and just building the connection. I think that's fun. Being able to pay your bills is good too, you know, yeah. and, and that's, and that's the thing is like an entrepreneur too. I can't tell you how many community leaders and influencers I know that have millions and millions of followers and these communities and they don't have an income. Interesting. It breaks my heart because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have $1.5 million. If everyone just gave you a dollar, you'd be a millionaire. Yeah. You know, or had something to be able to sell or to be able to monetize. A lot of creative people I know, they think that they have to give everything away for free. Right. It's different as a musician, but I think it's possible to have both. Yeah. I was adding my own music to a lot of my videos and that was doing really, really well, but it hasn't yet translated into people actually going to Spotify and adding me. And so that's where I'm next. I've started getting followers on TikTok just by being myself because I can be a bit dorky. I've written a song called Beautifully Ridiculous because I am absolutely beautiful and ridiculous. I call myself the Canadian Bridget Jones because I'm just always <laughs> a little scattered, a little funny. I do quirky things. I've used this last six months to really watch what some of the other content creators are doing in order to bridge that gap between, mm -hmm. you know, TikTok followers and listeners on Spotify or the other platforms that are there. And so I've got some ideas up my sleeve that I'm going to try. Takes a bit of courage, right? You kind of watch for a bit and, and see what's working for you and use what's working for you and then try other elements here and there and see if they go. I think that's a great point. And I've, I've done that with watching other creators and what it is that they're kind of content they're producing. What's helped you the most? 
giving myself permission to have conversations with people on TikTok. For a long time, I really wanted to be this professional musician. And I realized that I wasn't connecting with anybody because nobody mm. wants to sit there and just be talked at. They want to interact on social media. And so once I started actually joining in different conversations, doing the stitch feature, doing the duet feature, or adding in a few things that people could comment on or asking for people to comment on and interact with me, then I started actually making some real connections with, you know, a couple dozen followers that routinely comment or like my, my content. It's a double-edged sword though, because as you know, when you're trying to do this from an entrepreneurial standpoint, no matter what your business is, you can't get political. You can't, you know, like you have to really sort of be very strategic as to what conversation you're going to enter and what you're not. And those have to stick with your convictions and also mm -hmm. understand that you, not everybody's going to like what you put down. Not everybody's no. going to like what you put down. And even some of your main core followers might not like what you've, what the content that you put out. However, I try and go out of my way to make content that is thought provoking and that we can have a conversation on. And I myself try and hold a space on my pages to have that open discussion you know open discussion about a political topic is on the table but that i won't offend anybody because i don't i don't need to offend anybody i'm i'm here to sell music i'm here to i'm here to make music and have a good time right i talk to my clients a lot about that about your personal brand story and being true to your personal brand i own my words and who i am and what i put up there you think about it not after the fact yeah nope Nope. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very conscientious and aware that, and if I'm like, Hmm, should I post this? I wait. It does not yes. hurt you to wait an extra 30 minutes or half a day or a couple of hours to put your opinion out of whatever it or is. Or even sleep on it, put it in your yeah. drafts and sleep on it and see what it's like in the light of day and the light of the morning and go, yeah, that's not really how I wanted to come across. So I'm just going to take that down. I don't believe that people intend to offend. No. And I look for the good in other people and, and say, okay, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't mean to be a total jerk about this. Sometimes they do. Sometimes. Scroll, yeah. scroll on. You know, you do not have to engage with every person who offends you or that does not share what you want. And if it's not rude or inappropriate, I just leave it alone. I'm not even going to give yeah. it any attention because there's no point. You never know what you're going to get. You never know. And I think, but that's such a good point, Jen, because when you're slogging away making content and you're not you're not getting the numbers that you think you should it's like have to remember who the demographic is that's using that particular platform because they're not all the same they are not created equal your your audience is going to be on a different platform and you might have to do a whole lot of research trial and error time and energy to figure it out and oh, no definitely. one can tell you differently no you have to do it sort of the long way around Right. For showing up with that passion for what it is that we're doing, it's going to shine through. If you had one piece of advice to give to someone that's really anxious or nervous about creating video content on social media, what would you tell them? Do it anyway. Spend less time thinking about it. Spend less time editing. Try and make a rule of thumb. If you only spent, you know, 10 minutes coming up with the idea, scripting it, filming it, that's all you're going to give yourself to edit it. You're wasting way too much time trying to curate it and make it perfect. It's okay that it's not perfect. If there's a pile of laundry behind you, there's a pile of laundry behind you. It's okay. Fine. Right. And people aren't going to notice that. Or if they do, it makes nope. you more relatable. Yep. Absolutely. And I've had the most success with, with things that are relatable to people. So tell how can people find you and connect with you on social media? You're mostly going to find me on TikTok, Katie Campbell underscore 1983. I'm there every day. I'm occasionally on Instagram and I do have a 
uh, Facebook page that's for my music. So thank you. I really appreciate thank you. you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you very much.